Hi, and welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Felt. A cancer diagnosis is one of the hardest slap in the face imaginable. All of a sudden, you have to become an expert in cancer and its treatments because your life depends on it. Oncologists, family and friends are pushing you towards chemo, radiation, surgery, yet you feel there are additional solutions out there. You don't feel confident in that only traditional therapies will take care of it. You may, as I have, seen family or friends quickly go downhill from harsh medical treatments. There is a better way. I invite you to listen to stories from real people fighting cancer successfully through powerful, integrative, and holistic methods. Learn what they did. This is my gift to you to make the learning curve less steep after your diagnosis. The information in this podcast could save your life as it has others. Well, Dr. Lee Cowden, it, it's such an honor and pleasure to have you on, on this uh, segment of Integrative Cancer Solution with Dr. Carl Felt. And, and I, you are such a trailblazer and, uh, in regard to integrative health in, in so many different areas and especially cancer and, and you know, other areas as well. And if I would kind of read everything you've done, then that would just take up the whole show. So <laughs> I would. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about about cancer. I mean, how how did you get into that? Because you're yeah, we chatted a little bit right before you, you're a cardiologist to start with. Yeah, and uh, you know when I uh, opened my practice in Dallas, I uh, had on my door board certified cardiologist, but. I couldn't be picky because I really needed any kind of patients I could get. And uh, when I when I helped a, pa- a few patients with cardiovascular disease using all natural approaches, they started sending me their family and friends and neighbors, uh, and many of them had cancer. And so I had to learn fairly quickly how to, how to take care of cancer patients. But uh, I had good success with those. Uh, a lot of them that came to me were were told by their oncologist that they had you know two months, three months, six months to live. And many of those are still alive now, 30 years later. So uh, may- maybe the oncologist didn't know, uh, you know what was possible. Uh, and, and as a matter of fact, many of those patients outlived their oncologist. So I love it. I love it. And so I and I'm I'm fascinated because you've been you've seen everything, you've read everything. And I mean, you've you've been exposed. I mean, and you've been in this field for such a long time. So I'm I'm really curious to see what is your view on cancer because there's so many people saying different things, and I would love to hear kind of what what your view what cancer truly is. Well, you know. The allopathic medical community, we want you to think it's a genetic problem, but but only 5% of all the cancers have a truly, purely genetic origin. Most of them are caused by, uh, you know, toxin buildup, and not just physical toxins, but also uh, emotional toxins and quantum physical toxins like electropollution and so on, and, uh, and, and by not giving the body what it needs, you know. So many of the American public eat the fast food diet, which speeds you to your grave. And uh, so, you know, they need to you know, learn how to put food into the body for the right reason. You know, the Chinese have said for over a thousand years that you need to eat for health first. And if it also tastes good, that's a nice side benefit. We say in this country, eat for taste first. And if also has, happens to be good for your health, that's a nice side benefit. They've got it right. We've got it wrong. And so we need to, you know, try to, uh, you know, go back to the basics. You know, don't don't continue to try to try to find a poison to kill the cancer with, which is what the mainstream 
medical system usually does, you know, either either radiate it to death or, or poison it with chemicals. But uh, what we need to do is to, you know, go back to the basics with diet, enough water, physical activity, you know, exercise. You know, there's, there's a doctor, uh, Van Ordina, in, uh, in Germany, who was a student of Otto Warburg, who won the Nobel Prize in about 1930 for identifying the cause of cancer. Should I say that again? <laughs> okay. So, so Nixon declared the war against cancer back in 69, I think it was, and uh, because he said, well, we, we need to find out what the cause of cancer is. Well, that was done 39 years earlier. <laughs> but anyway, if, if uh, the, the saying is, if you don't uh, study history, you're, you're doomed to repeat it. <laughs> and uh, that, that's where we've been. You know, there, there's no money to be made in finding a cure for cancer. There's a lot of money to be made in looking for a cure for cancer. So that's what we've been about for the last, uh, you know, 40 years, however long it's been since uh, Nixon declared the war. So it was, it was a smart way to create an industry that didn't exist uh, and and funnel money into you know, the, the pharmaceutical companies' coffins, so to say, for all the research. Um, also, obviously, the research universities love this. And, and uh, I mean, someone that said, I was an economist that said that if we find a cure for cancer, that the American economy would, would topple, you know, because there's so much money involved in this industry and it is so well protected. So for people that are then helping people to truly heal and to truly address the underlying factors, they are frequently scrutinized and, and you know, sometimes even gone after. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Ralph Moss, PhD, was working at Sloan Kettering Institute about 40 years ago when they did the Laetrile studies at Sloan Kettering. And he saw that the, that the Laetrile was actually significantly improving the condition of the patients with cancer. And the Sloan Kettering didn't want that information to get out, so they bastardized the data and published something that uh, made people think that Laetrile was a bad thing. And he, he was really upset about that and started you know being vocal about it and got fired. But uh, you know, all these years since then, he, since he got fired, he's been helping people with cancer using natural means. And you know, kudos to him for for doing that. One of your books that you you read or you co-wrote, you know, talks about all the different kind of alternative therapies out there you know, in regard to cancer. And there there's so many directions that a people that a person can go, you know, when when battling cancer. I mean, how how do they? How would you suggest that they navigate that journey? Well, you know, uh, the <clears throat> Alternative Medicine Definitive Guide to Cancer is the one that I co-authored in 1996, and you know, that's a lot of years ago. But a, a very large percentage of what's written in there still is applicable today for treating cancer. You know, because you know a lot of the therapies that it talks about in that book are, are natural therapies that we knew about then and know about now. Uh, so you know, you can buy the book "Alternative Medicine: Definitive Guide to Cancer" on uh, on the internet in several places. And uh, you know, at one point, it was a textbook for all the alternative medicine or integrated medicine department at some of the medical schools. But uh, you know that. As soon as the pharmaceutical industries that were giving grants to those medical schools learned about that, they uh, they, they banned it. <laughs> so, uh, 
how dare they come up with solutions that are not uh, pharmaceutical driven? But anyway, I, I'm, I'm really, really, really concerned about what, what's about to happen to us with cancer in this country. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted to be on your program. Yeah, what 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 trends are you seeing? I mean, I'm I'm seeing yeah, there's so many more people uh, that are getting cancer. I'm seeing it in younger younger people. I'm seeing a colorectal in young men. I'm that's increasing dramatically, um, and uh, yeah, it it's really yeah. And statistically, it looks like it's gonna overtake you know heart disease you know as the number one killer. And, yeah. and and it's scary. It's really scary. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of my colleagues said that uh, that he uh, had a patient that was 20 years old, a man with prostate cancer. Okay, prostate cancer used to not occur until you're at least 50 or 60 years old, but now we're seeing it in 20 year olds. Dr. Ryan Cole, who has a pathology lab up in uh, Idaho. He's actually, uh, yeah, we, I, yeah. I am in Meridian, Idaho, where he had his lab. And he's a good friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, I really admire him. But, uh, you know, he found that by the end of the first year of the COVID vaccine rollouts, that there was already a 20-fold increase in endometrial carcinoma in situ. That means that microscopic cancer of the, of the endometrium of the uterus was there you know, after just you know one year, 20-fold greater than it was the previous year. And so we know it takes a while for a cancer to go from one cell size to tumor size. And so I'm, I'm expecting there to be just an epidemic of cancers, not just of the endometrium, but, all, you know, all over the body, uh, you know, in the next year or two, because that's about the length of time it usually takes, it, you know, the cancers to go from microscopic level to, uh, to tumor level. And uh, so because of that, I've uh, been working with the academy that I work with to try to uh, turn the turn the turn the tide, stop stop that uh, path that we're on. And uh, to, to that end, what we did is we uh, have identified a, a lab out in California that does a phosphohexose isomerase test. That's an enzyme that's found almost exclusively in cancer cells. And so if that enzyme is elevated in the bloodstream, you know that you got cancer somewhere in your body already at a microscopic or very small level. And, you know, you can either wait for it to become big enough to see on a CT scan or MRI scan, or you can do something about it now. So which would you choose? I think it'd be wiser to do something before it becomes a, a big mass uh, when you have to absolutely have to have surgery and other, other more aggressive therapies. Uh, so that's, that's one thing that we've done. And so any... Any practitioner that uh, you know, becomes a free member in our academy, acimconnect.com, can you know get access to that uh, lab testing at a discounted rate, and then that you know keeps the patients from having to pay as much out of pocket. You know we're 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 wanting to try to make this as affordable as possible because we also recognize we're in a very uh, uh, difficult financial times right now. And uh, we don't we don't we want to break the piggy bank, so to speak, but uh, but we do want to you know help people recognize that they got cancer brewing and that they need to do something about it, not wait till it's full blown. And you know the other thing that we did is we worked with another lab out of Kansas that does a test called the Natural Killer 
lymphocyte function test. And that test tells you whether you're heading toward cancer but haven't even gotten there yet. Okay, that's even an earlier test. And it's a more expensive test, but uh, you know that's also available at a very discounted rate through our academy as well. And so we want practitioners to, you know, become free members of our academy, learn about the tests, order the tests for their patients, and and hopefully save a bunch of lives. I love. I mean that that is so important because obviously if you're ahead of the game rather than uh, finding it you know, on a scan or or uh, I mean, there's so many more options, and and the cancer journey it it, it gets really expensive. I mean, the, it 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 gets really hard. You know, not just the time away from family, from from work, uh, but a lot of the different therapies. It, it 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 costs a lot. So to be able to address it and be ahead of the game, and then start to look at you know why why did it happen in the first place? What do I need to change in order to be able to have a better outcome, you know, because obviously what I'm doing now is is what's producing this results. So I need to do something differently. And what should that be? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of things that can be done. That's that's the sad thing is that a lot of people don't know that there's something that can be done to to stop cancer from progressing and actually start it regressing. You know, uh, the Chinese figured out about a thousand years ago an a, a herbal combination that will boost the natural killer lymphocyte function 400%. And, you know, that that's available today. You know, you don't have to wait. You know, you don't have to go to China and you don't have to wait till, till you have a, a big tumor to do something about it. You can you know, boost the immune system and, and cause the immune system to go after and get rid of the cancer, you know, quickly. And, you know, changing the diet, uh, you know, doing some detoxification, you know, like uh, infrared sauna, for example, is a very simple way to detoxify the body and lower your, your, your load that's causing the cancer in the first place. And, uh, you know, get some exercise, get some, uh, you know, some, some water in on a regular basis to carry the nutrients into the cell and get the, get the toxins back out of the cell. It doesn't have to be complicated. No, yeah, it's just kind of doing those foundational things. I'm, I'm curious also because you, you know, you, you mentioned Ryan Cole and, and you know, he, he seeing these trends that start to take place, kind of right after COVID and right after also, you know, the the vaccine that was introduced. I mean, what are your thoughts in relationship to that and 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 the explosion of cancer that we're seeing? Do you, do you feel that there's some kind of correlation? I don't think there's any doubt that there's a correlation and, uh, and, and there's a lot of different reasons why that could be. But, uh, you know, Dr. Cole uh, has seen cancers go from the day of diagnosis to the day of death in two months. Okay. That's, that's a galloping cancer. He calls them turbo cancers. You know, in the old days, you'd get a, you'd get a symptom, you'd go get some, some uh, scanning done and you'd find a tumor you get a surgical procedure, you get some radiation, you get some chemotherapy, and about three or four years later, you died. Okay, but now it's two or three months from the day of you know a diagnosis until death. You know they're they're vastly sped up, and uh, you know there's there's many reasons, but you know one of the reasons is that we know that the people that that take the COVID injections are more susceptible to clots. And one of the things that I think is happening is that inside the capillaries, there's clot forming. And when you when you have clots inside your capillary walls, you can't deliver oxygen into the tissues. So the tissues uh, go into anaerobic metabolism because they can't get enough oxygen. 
when they go into anaerobic metabolism, they produce lactic acid, and lactic acid creates an environment that's perfect for cancer to grow and hard for the immune system to work. So it's a, a, a bad scenario. So it's, so it's almost like a uh, kind of sign of desperation of, of that tissue that's not getting oxygen to you know try to survive in, in this different type of environment. And, and that's why you know these kind of turbo cancers sort of say, you know, uh, proliferate because, uh, yeah, just because of that severe lack of oxygen. Yeah. But doc- Dr. Uh, Von Ardina that I mentioned before, the uh, student of Otto Warburg, uh, in the 1980s, did some research in Germany. And he took patients that had stage four cancer and put them on uh, an exercise program every day for two hours while breathing oxygen. And at the end of, I think it was 18 days, about half of them went out of cancer. You know, their cancer went away. You know, so so that's, you know, that's not very complicated. <laughs> uh, you know, Dr. Linus Pauling and Dr. Abram Hoffer in the ni- early 1980s did a study in Canada with patients that had stage four cancer. They gave 100 patients that had stage four cancer bowel tolerance amounts of vitamin C. That means the amount of vitamin C that you can take four times a day and just barely cause diarrhea. And uh, and they compared those to a thousand patients that did not have vitamin C intake, but also has you know stage four cancer. And so what they found is that those that were taking the vitamin C lived 12 to 20 times longer than those that did not take vitamin C. No other therapy, just vitamin C, okay? That was published in the Journal of Orthomolecular Medicine uh, many years ago, and so it's that's a peer-reviewed journal. We know we know that that's truth. Uh, you know, we have research from Germany from the Wobenzyme company. They they used an enzyme 30 minutes before foods with water only in a group of patients with advanced cancer, and they had a high success in reversing cancer just with the enzyme therapy. They spent 10 million dollars doing that research, and so. They, they're pretty sure that, you know, enzymes take the right type of enzymes, taking the right time of the day with water only can, can make a huge difference in cancer. So we have lots of ways to help people that have cancer. We don't have to just wait and watch for them to uh, keel over. Yeah. So you just mentioned, you know, the, the Leotril earlier and then, you know, vitamin C and just exercise with oxygen and enzyme therapy. You know, they're very, very simple, you know, and obviously just ascorbic acid is, is very inexpensive and exercise with oxygen is not that expensive. And, you know, so you, you can yeah. really make a huge impact. Uh, and re- remind me, remind me what the statistics are in regards to chemotherapy and how that increases or traditional oncology care, how that statistically, how it increases longevity uh, for a, a person that is, is diagnosed. Uh, it, is that yeah. yeah, well, you know, some board-certified oncologists in, in Australia did a study that was published, I think, in 2004 or 2005. And uh, they, they, they looked at thousands of patients in Australia and the United States that had cancer. And, you know, most of these patients had stage one or stage two cancer. So, you know, their death rate was not very high in that, in that group. And there was some stage three and some stage four. But uh, in in uh, overall death rate for the patients that that uh, that took chemotherapy, 
that took chemotherapy uh, was 60%. We're still alive at, you know, five years out. You say, well, that's pretty good. But what they found is that, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the there's only 2% less people alive at five years out when they did not take chemotherapy. Okay, so it made a, a huge difference, a 2% difference at five years. Okay, so so you spend 300000 to $500,000 worth of money for getting the chemotherapy, go through a lot of pain and suffering, you know, vomit your guts out, lose your hair, uh, feel like you're going to die, and uh, you get a 2% improvement. What, what a deal. Yeah, that is a deal. That's truly a deal. And and the sad part is that then you set yourself up, obviously, for um, other other possibilities you know, in the future because you kind of put yourself in a vulnerable position with with the with the toxins and the impact on the immune system and so forth. Yeah, there is research that shows that uh, that a lot of patients that get chemotherapy develop a different type of cancer about five to ten years out. And that's why all of the studies in the United States on chemotherapy success is cut off at five years. They don't want to show those other failures. Okay, but uh, but we know that there's a significant number of additional cancers that develop after the fifth year that weren't there to start with that are caused by the can- by the chemotherapy. And when you started way back when, you know, as a, as a cardiologist, uh, and you had these cancer patients coming in. What what did you do? I mean, because you're at that time, you're just kind of starting out and trying to figure things out. And I mean, how how did you guide them? You said different potions and and yeah. What what did that focus on? Was it mostly on detoxification, or what what did what did it focus on? Well, yeah, everybody got some detoxification, but uh, I I had already seen the work of. Uh, of uh, Dr. Uh, Pauling from from Canada, you know, knew that vitamin C was really important, so we put everybody on vitamin C. I'd already seen the research from Wobenzyme Company in Germany, so I knew that everybody needed that. And uh, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez in New York City was was doing that very successfully with advanced cancer patient patients with advanced pancreatic cancer, which is one of the toughest of all the cancers to deal with. And he was having great success with taking enzymes 30 minutes before food with water only, and uh, you know developed his own enzyme line actually similar to the Wobenzyme out of Germany. Uh, he he actually was a uh, a fellow in in training in New York City uh, back in the 60s, and he was hit hit sent he was sent as a hired hand a, a hit hit man basically to go go to Grapevine, Texas, and look at this uh, this uh, dentist down there that was getting great success with advanced cancer. That was, that was uh, uh, oh, what was his name? Dr. William Kelly. Yeah, William Donald Kelly. Yeah. And, uh, and Ke- Kelly, Kelly had pancreatic cancer himself and had metastasis of the cancer to his liver. And his doctor said, you, you know, there's nothing we can do. Go go take a cruise, ride a wheel, and enjoy what little time you have left. And Dr. Kelly wasn't one just to roll over and play dead, so he went and did some research and found that that there was a uh, an embryologist in the in the United Kingdom 
who worked with a surgeon over there and found that they could give pancreatic enzymes intravenously to patients with advanced cancer and reverse many of them. So he said, well, I can take a bunch of pancreatic enzymes orally. So he started doing that. And uh, and two months later, not only was he not dead, his cancer was gone. And uh, so all, the, all his patients knew he was supposed to die from pancreatic cancer. So they started sending their family and friends that had cancer to him. And he, he was a very kind-hearted man. So he just you know tried to help whoever he could help. Uh, he did that for quite some time. And Nicholas Gonzalez came down during that time. But uh, sometime after Gonzalez was in his office, uh, the Texas Medical Board brought legal action against uh, Dr. Kelly for practicing medicine without a license. And he went through a grueling trial uh, and I think uh, went, you know, off the deep end, you know, started drinking alcohol and, you know, developed uh, alcoholic liver disease. Uh, you know, finally, and, and I think I think he actually went into a, you know, a mental institution for a time. But anyway, he finally came out and moved to Kansas and decided Texas wasn't so friendly anymore. And uh, and so he lived the rest of his days up in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there are so many kind of powerful tools and so many powerful stories like that, you know, where uh, people are finding solutions and, and then obviously they're, yeah, they're, they're gone after, I mean, you have the Leotril story and you have, you know, Max Gerson, you have Royal Rife, you have William Kelly, you have, uh, you know, know, Beljansky, you know, you have, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, and so you can see how this is almost like the holy grail for the medical profession that, you know, we're, it, it's not allowed to be, you know, to find a solution to, to this, you know, to this issue. And, and yet yeah. we, we have to, because it's exploding. I mean, we, we can't just let this continue. Yeah. One of my patients now deceased was uh, Daniel Haley and he wrote a book called politics and healing about uh, 30 years ago. And uh, he actually interviewed a lot of the family members of some of these doctors that had, you know, basically uh, been <laughs> killed by the uh, by the medical profession because they were, you know, outside their uh, their paradigm. Uh, you know, one one of them was Dr. William Koch up in uh, Detroit, Michigan, and at the time when uh, Koch was practicing in 1940s, there was. Uh, he developed a homeopathic-like injection that uh, he was making available to all the doctors in his community and teaching them how to use it. And at that time, cancer incidence was increasing in every city of the United States except Detroit. No, it was increasing in every city of the, of the United States, including Detroit, but the death rate was increasing in every city of the United States except Detroit, okay? And, and so... You know, that information got out that he was making those uh, therapies available to his colleagues. And so the, his, his thanks for that was to get kicked off the medical staff, to have his license removed in the state of Michigan, and to be run out of the country. So he, he, he moved to Brazil, and he was writing his second book when he was assassinated down there. So that's, that's the kind of thanks you get for uh, you know, working on cancer and, and having some success. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. So with all the, are, are there some other kind of powerful tools that you feel people should consider in addition to what we've, we've spoken about? I mean, I know you, 
you you mentioned quite a few in 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 your book. I mean, are there other ones that you feel that are really kind of worth mentioning and and you know for people to consider? Well, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen a cancer patient that didn't have uh, dental issues contributing to the cancer, and so you need to figure that out. And it, it's most commonly root canal teeth uh, or sometimes uh, chronic infection and a wisdom tooth extraction site. But the uh, German doctors were the ones that uh, alerted me to that back in the 1990s, I guess, early 90s. And uh, and so, you know, I would send the patients to a biological dentist and they would evaluate and, and you know, surgically clean out, you know, remove the root canal teeth and surgically clean out the sockets and the wisdom teeth sockets and so on. And, and that made a huge difference in a lot of patients. Uh, you know, so that needs to be looked for and, and some, you know, something done about Dr. There's a doctor that, that was a dentist for the Hollywood movie stars that wrote a book, uh, Root Canal Cover-Up. Uh, his name was George Meinig, M-E-I-N-I-G. And uh, you know, so if people don't know that there's any scientific basis behind what I just said, that they can read that book, and I think they'll be convinced that there's plenty of scientific basis behind it. I think the other thing that needs to be addressed in every cancer patient is the is the mental emotional issues uh, when when a patient came with cancer the first thing I would ask him is uh, what prognosis did your doctor give you they said well I'll be dead in two months or three months or six months I said okay so so is this doctor God do they put their pants on one leg at a time like I do or, or are they God and they said no no they're 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 a human being I said okay so how do they know when you're going to die they think think for a minute they say well I guess maybe they don't and then I would tell them a story about another patient that had almost exactly the same type of cancer that I treated 10, 20 years previous that was told the same thing and it's still alive. They say, well, maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe I won't be dead. <laughs> so that's the first and foremost thing that you have to do is to, is to get rid of the nocebo effect. You know, most people are familiar with the placebo effect, which is expecting something good and seeing, and seeing something good because you expected something good. But uh, if you... Uh, if you have the nocebo effect, you expect something bad, and you see something bad because you expected something bad, and uh, that's not a good—that's not a good one to hold on to. You don't want to get rid of that. But uh, you also, you know, there's a variety of uh, emotional issues that affect patients with cancer. I don't think I've ever seen a cancer patient that didn't have some anger, frustration contributing to their condition. And so, on my personal website, drleecowden.com, I have a an article that anybody can read and, and, you know, go perform, but it's called visualization, shouting and forgiving. And uh, I found a lot of patients get well from cancer just doing that. And that that's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty cheap too. <laughs> yeah. It's the right price. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of people have other mental blocks to healing. You know, they have, they have guilt, they have uh, feelings of worthlessness. They have, uh, you know, other reasons why their condition developed or why it's perpetuating. And so if you can identify those emotions and, and resolve them, then you can get rid of uh, cancer oftentimes. You know, doctor, uh, there's a doctor in Germany that did the uh, German new medicine. Uh, that's Dr. Hammer, Reiki, R-Y-K-E-H-A-M-E-R. Uh, he's now deceased also, but uh, he, he figured out uh, when his son was shot by an Italian aristocracy that never came to, to justice. Uh, he 
and his wife both developed cancer at the same time. And he said, we're, we're healthy. Why do we have cancer? It's because it's emotional conflict. So he resolved the emotional conflict in, his, in himself and his wife, and both of their cancers went away without any surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. So he said, I'm, I'm going to start. He was an oncologist. So he said, I'm going to start doing this on my patients at the hospital. So he did. And he treated 6,500 patients that had varying stages of cancer with that approach. A lot of them had stage three and stage four cancer. And the, the five-year survival rate for his patients treating only with emotional conflict resolution was 92%. Okay. Now, since a lot of those were stage three and stage four, stage three, stage four cancer has about a, a 5% five-year survival rate. A stage three cancer has about a 30% five-year survival rate. And 92% is a whole lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, it's even a whole lot more than the 60% that, you know, for any stage cancer that we were talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So if, if you get rid of the emotions, the, the physical toxins start leaving those places in the body where they're trapped. You know, the Chinese figured out a thousand years ago that, that the emotions are trapped in specific places in the body, depending on which emotion it is. So if it's anger, frustration, that gets trapped in the liver, gallbladder, and bile ducts. If it's, uh, if it's fear, it gets trapped in the kidneys, urinary bladder, uh, uterus, ovaries, fallopian tubes, prostate and testes. Uh, and if it's, uh, if it's sadness, it gets trapped in the pancreas and the colon and so on. So if you have different emotions getting uh, trapped in different places, then the physical toxins also get trapped in those same places. And I found, you know, that, that you can get the toxins to come out just by doing the emotional conflict resolution. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if the emote that because we're holding these emotions, you know, and they're stored in the body and it takes a lot of energy to hold that emotion. So I'm, I'm wondering if we're kind of allowing pathogens or chemicals that have metals to be there to kind of help to lower the energy so you can hold that emotion more easily. I know that uh, that many of the parasites, uh, actually, many of the worm parasites actually take up heavy metals into their body and use those in some way for their own metabolism. And, uh, you know, some, some of the par worm parasites uh, inc uh, uptake the uh, heavy metals up to 10 times greater than what it is in the human tissue right around the worm. And uh, so it's not just a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that the that the human body allows some worms to be present just to get rid of some of the heavy metal load. You know, beyond that, I'm not positive. You know, what you know what the exact sequence of things is. I just just observationally, if I, I found if I resolved the the, the subconscious and subconscious emotions, that the physical toxins started flooding out by uh, you know 24-hour urine collections and so on. One of the tools that that I love, and we we do a lot here at the at the center, and this is something that you kind of brought to to the world, you know, as a laser energetic detox. And uh, can can you talk a little bit about that and and the the power of that with with any kind of chronic disease and and even cancer? Well, yeah, it, uh, the laser energetic detox. Uh, uh, in my experience, pulls toxins out of the body about 20 times faster than the next closest competitive technique. You know, so it, it works very quickly. And some with these turbo cancers, I don't think we're going to have a lot of time to mess around. I think we're going to have to really get to it. And so I'm really eager to to teach a bunch of practitioners how to do the laser detox. You know, just this last year, I, I developed a, a, a 
simpler, uh, less expensive way to to do the laser detox. And uh, you know, so we're going to be teaching that in a class coming up. The class is already full, unfortunately, because we had limited space. But uh, you know, it, we'll be able to uh, hopefully get those practitioners that come to that class to teach a bunch of others. And uh, so pretty soon there'll be quite a few people across the country doing the uh, the new laser detox. The, one of the first laser detoxes that I ever did was a patient that had uh, neuropathy uh, below the knees. He, he, he could not feel light touch, but he, he felt continuous pins and needle sensation below his knees. And he gave a history of washing carburetor parts in a barrel of gasoline with his bare hands for several months before this started. And I said, I think I might know what that uh, neuropathy is caused by. <laughs> and so, so we did interject testing. And sure enough, the gasoline was the number one issue. And so I made a little a little vial, a little clear glass vial about that big with uh, the homeopathic home cord of the gasoline in it and handed it with a laser to the technician. I said, go into that dark room there, shine the laser on this fellow this way and come out when you're finished. And uh, she had only been in there about a minute whenever she came running out and said, I can't stay in there any longer. The room reeks of gasoline. And then a few minutes, a few seconds later, the patient came out and said, you really need to get an exhaust fan in there. So I stuck my head in the door, and it was so strong in that room, and we didn't have an exhaust fan or a window in there, so we just had to keep the room closed off the rest of the, door, rest of the day with something stuffed under the door. Uh, and uh, by the next day, it dissipated enough to where we could get in there. Uh, and you know, with that, with that one-minute treatment, he got about 90% reduction in his, in his peripheral neuropathy. Okay, so... Well, that's pretty fast. That's incredible. That's truly incredible. What made you even think about doing this? I mean, doing the laser energetic detox. Have you? Well, yeah. So uh, I, <laughs> I was uh, going to uh, weekly meetings down at the Environmental Health Center where Bill, Bill Ray now deceased, but uh, he was doing weekly meetings down there. And he always had something really interesting. But uh, there was a fellow down there who was a PhD. Uh, anatomist from the University of Texas uh, Southwestern Medical School in Dallas uh, that was coming to the meetings also, and and he was doing microanatomy of the acupuncture meridian system and studying the impact of laser on the acupuncture meridian system. Well, a week or two later, Dr. Ray had his annual meeting, and Dr. Cyril Smith, a PhD quantum physicist from England, Surrey, England, who had been studying water for 35 years by that point, uh, not the toxins in the water, just water, <laughs> pure water, you know, the, the, the quantum physics of water and so on. And so we, anyway, the quantum physicist and the, and, the, uh, and the anatomist got together and said, what if we shine a laser through a homeopathic vial onto your acupuncture points. What would what would that do? So the anatomist went back to the environmental health center and started doing that on some patients and almost killed a few people. And so so I came to another week, weekly meeting and said, uh, Tom, you're going to kill somebody if you don't learn what you're doing here. And uh, he said, Well, how do you suggest I do that? I said, Well, why don't I why don't I come and we'll work together for a little bit on some of these patients because I know you got something powerful, but but you also got something very dangerous. And so I worked with worked with him for a few months, and uh, we found out you know what needed to be done to minimize the adverse effects and improve the success. And uh, so within about a year, we had something refined to the point where I could start teaching it. Yeah, it's it's it, it's so fascinating, and and then 
you know, I mean, for detoxification, but then also when you have, you know, test kits and you do the energetic testing and, and kind of check and see mitochondrial dysfunction or go into genetic or go into, I mean, the, the, it, the sky's the limit, you know, regards to testing and then using laser energetic detox to help to kind of energetically correct and give the body the information that needs to, to heal itself. You know, it's, 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 inc- it's such a powerful tool. Yep, I wish more practitioners knew how to do it, but uh, hopefully we can change that soon. Well, what what are in in closing? I mean, is there something else that you feel is is really important for our listeners to to know? You know, considering the the era that we're in and considering what we're facing. Well, uh, uh, I would say this: that uh, it's not only the uh, patients that have taken the COVID injections that are showing up with cancer, but it's also people that are around people that have taken the inje- injection because there is clearly a shedding phenomena. Dr. Uh, Northrup up in the Northeast United States is OBGYN up there, and she's seen little one-year-old girls coming in with vaginal bleeding, menstrual bleeding, when they're around their mom who took the jab, or when, they, when they're around their dad who took the jab. So we know shedding is a clear clear phenomenon and so people are are showing up with cancers you know who haven't had the covid injection but they've been around somebody that did and so i believe that uh, most people that live in a city are at risk for developing a cancer i think that people that have an open-minded physician need to contact the physician get get the physician to become a member of our academy and you know that that allows the practitioner to become part of our research group to get the lower priced the PHI test and the natural killer lymphocyte function test. And you know, hopefully at some point we'll be able to publish that uh, data uh, to show that we can make a difference in people that have not had symptoms of cancer yet. Okay, this is, this is truly a preventive medicine approach. And do you feel that with the, you know, with this additional factor that's come in the last few years, that cancer is behaving differently and and needs to be looked at differently and addressed differently. Yep, you don't have the luxury of, of messing around with these cancers that are that are occurring now. You have to get on top of it quickly. And uh, you know, if you've got a big tumor, I, I'm you know all for surgically removing that because the body's immune system can probably only handle easily a tumor that's uh, an inch in diameter you know when it gets to be two inches in diameter it's really hard for the for the, for the body to resolve that i have had a couple of patients that had tumors that three inches in diameter that were, were able to re- be resolved without surgery but but it's not commonplace you know so we, we need to you know try to find the cancers earlier so that their that the immune system can rev up and uh, you know chew up the cancer and get rid of it without having to go through the surgery radiation or chemotherapy yeah, 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 and and that's the thing is also when when you have a compromised body and you try to dissolve the tumor, then whatever's inside of that tumor has to be processed through the body. So it, it's you know that that becomes a, a huge challenge on on a body that's already yeah you know, in, in a low state energetically as it is anyway. Yeah, that's why you want to do some detoxification early on in all these patients because at some point you know their immune system will come back online and start chewing out cancer and, and there needs to be a place for those carcasses of cancer cells to go. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dr. Cowden, it, it's it's such an honor and, and thank you so much for what you're doing and what you've done and what you brought forth to the world. I mean, it, it's really 
has had a such a tremendous impact. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Please do put the the link for acimconnect.com uh, on your uh, podcast and and also my my personal website so they can go look at the uh, visualization shouting and forgiving. Everybody needs to do that. <laughs> I I would love we definitely do that absolutely and. Yes, and I want to make sure that people are are aware of those tests so they can ask their physicians about how do I get these tests so that the physicians recognize the need. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you're going to have to find an open-minded physician because most physicians says, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And you well, say, why? Well, because I've never done that. I've never done that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, yes, so anyway. What I would say to the patient, to the people out there that, that are not doctors, to you know find a health practitioner that's open-minded and that's willing to uh, you know think about things that they haven't thought about before and do things that they haven't done before. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It, it was wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on. The information this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. If you'd like to know more about what my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Please join us next week for another live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer on Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.